Hello, and welcome to Piecing the Parsha Together. This week's Parsha is Parsha's Kiseitse. Kiseitse contains a plethora of mitzvahs, and it is difficult, as has been said in the past, to find something that might weave through them all. However, Kiseitse does present, in general terms, some interesting perspectives when it comes to mitzvahs that might be an appropriate thing to see in the Parsha that contains more mitzvahs than any other Parsha. The first of these ideas, I think, comes to mind with the very beginning of the Parsha. There are three different topics discussed. The first of them is Eishas Yifas Toar, when you capture a female captive, ways that the individual can stay married to her following a month-long process. And then it talks about choosing a favorite son when it comes to inheritance, and that you're not supposed to do that. It has to go to the firstborn. And finally, it talks about the Ben Sorer Moreh, the wayward and rebellious son who has engaged in certain behaviors, and he is executed to prevent him from creating an even bigger problem in the future. Again, do these ideas seemingly have anything to do with each other? And some of these things don't appear to be particularly practical. Um, we don't have so many wars. We haven't had wars in a long time. So the idea of Asha Shifal's Toar is not super common. It can't be the way Rashi does say that it's a Nechemes Rishos, a voluntary war, not a Muhammad to conquer Eretz Yisrael. Once again, maybe that makes it even more remote. Uh, when it comes to inheritance with the Bechor, that is something that can still happen today. But the concept of two wives has been outdated for a thousand years, at least among Ashkenazim. And I'm not sure how common it was, even in the times of the Torah. And finally, the the uh, Ben Sora or Mora, there is a Machlokas if such a individual ever existed. So... What are we to take from this lead-off aliyah of Parsha's Kiseitse? And it is fascinating to, to see that Rashi does not often comment on Smichas Parshas, nor do I think we should expect him to do that, because if he is truly concerned with the Pshuto Shemikra, even if it is the Pshuto Shemikra, the simple way to read it, based on different interpretations of Chazal, nevertheless, focusing on the juxtaposition of one parasha to the next is not included in that, or at least at face value would not be included in that. Rashi gives us a comment. And this Rashi is in the second pasuk of the parasha, pasuk Yeral, in Perek Hafalaf. It says, you'll take her as a wife, Rashi says, Lo dibra Torah This is something that is being spoken to the Yetzir Har. If Hashem did not allow uh, some sort of marriage to this female captive, he would marry her anyways in, in sin. So the Torah is, is sort of trying to uh, avoid, you know, certain negative behavior. Do it this way. That's speaking to the Yetzir you can still have her if that's what you want, but it has to be done in a certain process. And what she says that we're supposed to learn from that is, if you marry herself, you'll hate her. 
It says what's afterwards. Kitiana wife he likes and wife he doesn't like. So this Eshishvastoar, what are we gonna learn from this? We're gonna learn that he's not gonna like her marriage is not really gonna last. Not a good idea. But again, the Torah was Dibra Kenegadi Sahara. It didn't want to allow it, but it felt it had to, and therefore it does. But it doesn't mean it's all gonna be rosy, it won't. Rashi continues to say that he will dislike her. And then it says, So you'll have this way we're going to That's what Rashi says. Finally, in this section, really actually going into the first um pasuk of the second Aliyah, after these three things have been discussed, it talks about hanging uh, somebody. Who uh, was executed? Rashi says here, this is Pasach Chav Beis, also a Parak Chav Aleph. It says, Somebody has a death sentence. Rashi says the juxtaposition, If you take mercy, if a parent take mercy, they don't kill him when he's younger, the Ben Surah So she He will go out in a bad way. Yeah, for Averos, he'll violate a lot of Averos. He is Chayav Misa based, and he will actually be Chayav Misa. Rashi comments a couple lines above that the idea of the Ben Saramor is he's needed on Shem Sofa. He is going to be someone who commits capital crimes, therefore we, we try to take care of it early. But in this case, it seems like that did not happen in society. And Rashi is saying, you see the end? I told you the end. So an amazing thing emerges. Rashi, again, who's normally focused on Truto Shamikra, gives us sort of a, a read-through of these, um, of these, you know, lowercase p partios. And a message emerges which does not, on its face, seem like what we would expect to find here. Okay, you have laws of Yerusha, you have laws of Ben Saramur, laws of war, fine. Rashi links them all together. And there's a moral lesson there. That Rashi is telling us that the times the Torah is deeper Yetzirah. That's a fascinating thing to fully contemplate that the Torah would do that. But it's giving the person advice. He's saying if you marry her, it's going to be bad. You're not going to like her. You're going to have to pick favorites with kids, and that can create negatives. As we see in Jewish history with Yaakov and his sons, even if it was only the perception of favoritism. I believe that you can say from here the Torah is teaching lessons. Life lessons that apply to everyone, not just people who are involved in war, people who end up with the very, very rare circumstances that would that would go to make um a Ben Soramur. Again, focusing on hanging at the beginning of the second um second Leah keeps continuing on. So we see a lesson being told. A takeaway. It says, Tame HaMitzvah, I'm not 100% certain. Probably not. But that is perhaps the same more the essence. Is that we can learn from these things even if we don't understand the exact rationale why Hashem gave them to us. We can hopefully use this to become better people at the very least.
right? You listen to the messages that Hashem sends us. Don't go taking the non-Jews from the battlefield. It won't end up working well for your shalom bias, and and you will end up having problems raising the children. Okay. Now, interestingly, there's one more place um, that I'm aware of where Rashi, once again, in this week's Parsha, does mention a bit more of the Sodas Mikhas of Parsha. And for this, we have to go, I believe, to the end of the second Aliyah, where it talks about the mitzvah of Shiluah Hakan. Sending away the mother bird. And Rashi says at the conclusion of this, which would wind up the second volume, talks about the reward that awaits for fulfilling this mitzvah. And then it talks about building a house. And Rashi says to us, in Kiyamta, mitzvah, Shiluah Hakan, Sofcha, Livnos, Bayes, Chodesh, you build a new house. Tekayim mitzvah's ma'akin, you'll fulfill the next mitzvah mentioned in the Torah, which is putting a roof there. Shemitzvah goreres mitzvah, Rashi says, to heal the karam asari, you'll also end up with a vineyard and a field and um, good uh, good clothing, nice clothing. And that's why all these parshas together. Rashi saying is, if you look at the first few things discussed in the third aliyah, he's tying it together. But again, he's tying it together with another concept of mitzvah goreres mitzvah. One mitzvah causes the next. Again, a much more general idea. And then Rashi says, if we go to the next aliyah, um, Rashi will tell us, that we shift gears towards Motsi Shemra. In, in, after we've discussed all the positive things, after we've discussed all the mitzvah, Goreras mitzvah. After Motsi Shemra, a person who puts a lie out on his wife. And Rashi says on this passage, once again, not what we quite expect from Rashi. It says, a vera Goreras Avera. Avera Losisna, which I think is from Parshas Kedosh, Losisna is Achichamilavecha. Rashi is telling us that if you violate that, the self is that you're going to come to Lushen Har. Right? So, a second thing that Rashi highlights for us, once again, in focusing on the Smichas of Parshias, is Mitzvah Goreras Mitzvah and Avera Goreras Avera. Possible some of the things that are discussed here are a little more practical in application than, than some of the things at the beginning of the Parsha, but nevertheless, there message, generally speaking, is a mitzvah can cause mitzvahs and averas can cause more averas. And also, you could say, it's looking at the message that might be stressed with the mitzvahs themselves. We don't always know what those messages are, and it's my, I don't think this is even a question of trying to um, darshan to explain the Tamiha mitzvahs. I don't, I don't even know we're just saying that they lead one to the next. Right? And that's the same thing with the beginning of this Parsha with the Ishes Yifas Torah. One thing leads to the next. And you could say the Torah is giving us the lessons. Even if we don't have these things, is do mitzvahs, they, they create positives. Or don't do mitzvahs, 
and they create negatives, right? More problems. And we see that sometimes the Torah is, is deeper, connected gates are harder. So with all the mitzvahs of Parshish Kiseite, we can also see some general ideas that emerge from Rashi talking about Tzmichas of Parshish, something that Rashi doesn't normally do. Right, but the lessons there are something, things that apply far and beyond just the few mitzvahs, in some cases less commonly practiced mitzvahs that are mentioned. I wish everyone a wonderful Shabbos. I thank you for listening and see you next time.